Welcome to Binge Breakthrough, the podcast designed to help you finally break through the barriers that keep you stuck feeling out of control around food. I'm Master Certified Coach Jane Pilger, and I want you to know that no matter how long you've been struggling or what you've tried, food freedom is possible, and I'm here to show you how. After years of therapy, eating disorders treatment, restrictive diets, and reading all the books, I was still stuck in the on-again, off-again cycle of restricting and binging until I was able to see it all from a new perspective that changed everything. Each week, I will share the strategies, tools, and mindset that allowed me to overcome my decades-long battle with binge eating. Your journey to body trust starts now. Let's dive in. Hello, trusted listener. Welcome to Binge Breakthrough. I consider you a trusted listener because I trust that you are listening to this podcast, to this very specific episode for a reason. I trust that you are going to get something from this experience, whether it is a small insight or a large breakthrough. I trust that this time that we are spending together is going to be a part of your healing journey. So in last week's episode, I talked about whether or not it's a good idea to track your binge-free days. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend you check it out if this is something that you currently do or you think might be helpful. In that episode, I talked about what some people see as success. And I shared an example about speaking with a client recently who had a lot of what she thought was success on previous programs. She thought that her weight loss was evidence of this success. But now when she looks back on it, she can see she did all of that. She achieved all of that weight loss from sheer willpower. That isn't success, and it's not sustainable. So I wanted to devote an entire episode to this topic. So many people look back on a previous diet or a previous time in their life where they were making different choices around food and they think it worked before. So they should just be able to go back to those same choices and have the same quote unquote success they experienced in the past. But the biggest problem with this perspective is the idea that what they tried before, what they were doing before, actually worked. If it worked, you would still be doing it. If it worked, it would be sustainable. So there's a reason that you weren't able to sustain what you were doing before. And the important thing is to look backwards with a very objective lens and get curious about your previous efforts and decisions around your food choices. So what can happen is, so here's an example. Somebody might say, oh yeah, I did keto. I did keto for like three months and it worked. I lost X amount of of pounds and it, you know, I felt great. I didn't have any cravings. And then It's either it stopped working or I went off keto or I stopped and 
now I feel terrible. But so we can look and we say, okay, well, is it sustainable? Is what you are doing sustainable? Most of us suffer from what is called hindsight bias. We look back at a particular situation or a time in life and we selectively remember the good times. We often don't remember the pain, the worries, the anxiety, or the frustration. Now, I have personally never had a child, but I have heard that many mothers declare shortly after giving birth they will never do that again. And then some time passes, the amount of pain or discomfort experienced doesn't seem so bad in retrospect, and they decide to have another. Now, evolutionarily, this makes sense, or people would only have one child. I haven't experienced this with childbirth, but I've certainly experienced it with um, triathlon. I do Ironman triathlon. Right after one of those is over, I have no desire to do one again. But give me enough time, and I can see the benefits, and I want to do it again. We don't always want to focus on the negative or the painful experiences. This makes sense. But we also want to make sure we are looking at the entire picture when we're reflecting on the past. We don't only want to just look at one side. We want to look at everything. So if you are listening to this episode, chances are you have a story for yourself that one or more of your previous eating patterns worked for you and that you had success with that plan or that style of eating. Maybe it was keto. Maybe it was intermittent fasting. Maybe it was giving up sugar and flour. Whatever it was, bring that time to mind and ask yourself the following questions. Why do you think it worked? What was successful? How much time did you spend focused on or thinking about food? What was it like for you with social situations? holidays, or travel? What happened if you deviated from your food plan? And what I think is one of the most important questions, why weren't you able to maintain it? So personally, I had a period of time where I decided to give up sugar and flour. I was told sugar and flour are terrible for bingers, and so I decided I would not eat it anymore. I also stopped snacking. I stopped binging for a period of time, and I lost a pretty significant amount of weight. And in the moment, I thought it worked. But when I reflect back on that time now, I see it really didn't work. I was simply controlling my intake and pushing my hunger way too far. I had people commenting on how thin I was. I even had a friend give me a hug at the pool one day because she thought I was really sick. But I couldn't see it. I told people the weight loss was intentional, and it all felt very successful. But I was still really focused on food. 
I had to plan ahead for any social events or travel. And I began to binge again with regular frequency. And I was terrified to gain weight. That approach didn't work for me. I think it's really important to define what success means for you. For some people, success means weight loss. They go on a diet, they lose weight, and they think they were successful, but they don't actually change their relationship with food or with themselves. So many people lose weight from a place of control, of following the rules, but they aren't connected with themselves, with their bodies, or making choices from a place of what feels really nurturing in their bodies. This is why so many weight loss programs fail. The focus is on the weight or the number on the scale. That is not an indicator of success. To me, success is creating a new relationship with yourself and a new relationship with food, one that isn't based on fear and one that isn't based on control. Think about yourself right now. Do you have fear around your food choices? Are you afraid that if you eat certain foods, you won't be able to stop? Are you afraid that if you eat certain foods, you will gain weight? Are you afraid that if you try to manage your eating, you will be promoting the diet industry? Are you trying to control your weight or the foods you eat? or the times, or the quantities. Think back to the previous time that you think worked. Was there fear involved? Was there control involved? If so, this is likely part of why you weren't able to sustain it long term. Newsflash. If it wasn't sustainable, it didn't work. We can't just look at a short period of time and say that particular approach worked. Okay, maybe you lost some weight and diminished some sugar cravings, but then what? There's another measure of success I want to talk about. Many people think the existence of a binge equals a failure. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, I thought things were really coming together and then I binged. I guess I really didn't have it figured out. Or they think that one binge negates any previous progress. A binge is not a measure of success or failure. There are so many other ways to measure progress. Let's say you have a bench. Here are just a handful of ways you might be making progress you wouldn't even realize if you decide ahead of time that a binge equals failure. 
Even during this binge, here are some ways you could be making progress. You might be more aware of the internal dialogue while you're eating. You might be more aware of the thoughts that led you to start eating in the first place. You might be more aware of the thoughts that keep you eating long beyond any enjoyment is over. You might be more aware of your patterns. You might be eating less food than you typically would during a binge. You might be more aware of the tastes and textures of your food while you're eating. You might have less shame or judgment afterwards. You might have more understanding about why it happened in the first place. You might come back to yourself much quicker, shortening your overall binge pattern by hours or even days or weeks. You might change the way you're talking to yourself while you are eating or afterwards. Right there is 10 examples of progress you could find in one binge and I could give you a list of at least 10 more. But if you decided ahead of time, a binge equals failure, you would never even give yourself access to discover any of that progress that can exist in the midst of a binge. I will say it again for emphasis. The existence of a binge does not equal failure. It doesn't mean that what you are doing isn't working. It doesn't mean you are negating any prior binge periods. But if it feels like a fight, if it feels like you are struggling not to binge, that it takes a lot of willpower and control not to do it, then you probably are using an approach that isn't going to work long term. If it feels like a struggle or a fight, That's a good sign you are using control to address your binge eating. The attempt to control will keep you in the pattern of binging. It's one of the eight reasons why people binge that I covered in the first few episodes of this podcast. The solution to this, to control, is to develop two-way trust with your body. And if you want to learn more about this, listen to episode nine of this podcast. Okay, so what is success then? If it isn't weight loss, if it's not binge-free days, how do you measure success? Here's a few examples that I experience for myself and that my clients experience as well. Overall relaxation around food. Food has an important place in the day, but only while eating. There's significant mental space, energy, and time freed up that used to be taken up by thoughts about food. All of that time and space and and energy, it's now available for new dreams and possibilities. The feeling of empowered choice around decisions to eat. You are empowered to choose anything instead of feeling like it's a compulsion, like you don't have a choice, like you're out of control. It feels empowered. I am empowered to make any decision I want. The ability to distinguish between communication from the body, 
versus communication from the mind and more connection with your body, with your needs, and your overall capacity. The other source of success that I find so often is that any work that you do around your relationship with yourself and your relationship with food will absolutely spill out into other areas of your life. I was talking to a client this week who is setting boundaries at work, asking her kids questions she has never asked them before, and considering new things for herself, all because of this new lens that she is seeing herself through. You learn that you are so much more powerful than you know, that your body can and will guide you, that you have the answers within you. You make decisions from a place of connection, trust, and choice. You aren't perfect, but nobody is. Everyone overeats sometimes. You meet yourself with grace, compassion, and forgiveness. You learn and move on. This is success. This is something that works, and it's sustainable. Once you create these types of changes for yourself, you can't go back to the old way of thinking and being around food. It's not like those times in the past where you've had some apparent success for a short period of time only to start binging again. This is a shift in who you are being as an eater, a shift in how you relate to yourself and how you make your decisions. It's powerful. That is food freedom. If you are a person who has looked at weight loss as a sign of success in the past, or maybe you still find yourself wanting to lose weight, but also binging, you're going to want to check out my next masterclass. It's called The Intersection of Binge Eating and Weight Loss. There's going to be more there than you even can guess based on the topic, based on the title. This masterclass is happening on March 20th, 2023, and you can sign up at janepilger.com. And if you're listening after that date, you can find out any of the current happenings also at janepilger.com or just keep listening each week as I continue to share my insights and guidance as you navigate your own journey. Next week, We are going to continue this conversation and we're going to talk about the scale. Should I weigh myself? That's what we're going to talk about next week. And in the meantime, I want you to remember you are not broken. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Binge Breakthrough. If you would like to dive even further into these concepts that will help you break through your barriers to food freedom, come to my next masterclass. I take the ideas you learn about on the podcast to the next level in a way you may have never heard before. Sign up at bingebreakthrough.com. I hope to see you there.